The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Bible, James chapter 2. We are in a series on the book of James. We're going to look at the second half of James chapter 2 this morning. Last week, Sarah did an incredible job talking about the first half of James. How many of you enjoyed that? That, that message it was so good. You know how blessed we are to have her? Good Lord. I'm, we're, we really are. Yeah, give, give her a hand. That was a great word. And listen, just so you know, I don't need you people coming up to me in the lobby and going, hey, you better step it up. Like, that doesn't do anything for me, okay? I know she's good. I get it. I get it. I get it. She's a strong woman, right? Strong, good. Dynamite comes in small packages. Amen? (laughs) James chapter 2. What we're going to look at today, we're going to kind of unpack some theology today. So get ready. You're taking notes. Get ready to take some notes. And I want to help you to see what James is pointing out here. James is drawing this comparison between these two things, faith and works. Somebody say faith, faith. and works. works. And he's helping us to understand the relationship that these play in our life. James chapter 2, we're starting verse 14. I'm going to read the whole section to you. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food... And one of you says to them, go in peace and be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body? What use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead. Somebody say dead. dead. Being by itself. But someone may, say, may, may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. Verse 19, you believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. I love James. He's so awesome. Like, I love the way he puts stuff sometimes. Like, he's like, oh, you believe in God? Cool. So do demons. Right? Like, if that's where it ends for you, demonic, okay? (laughs) Look at this. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow? (laughs) Oh, man. That faith without works is useless. Somebody say useless. Was not Abraham our father justified by works without work, or when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. How many of you want to be called a friend of God? That sounds pretty good to me. Verse 24, you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. We're going we're gonna to unpack this. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Now for years, um, this passage of scripture was looked at and was considered to be very controversial because a lot of people would look at this and they would say it it seems like it contradicts some of the teachings of Paul that talk about how it's by grace through faith that we're saved and this feels like it's saying that it's by your works that you're saved but I'm going to show you that's not really what James was saying here I'm going to help you understand what's really going on but there were a lot of people that didn't see that the right way in fact 
Martin Luther, you guys remember him, Martin Luther, the 95 you know, thesis guy. He actually, um, at one point, called the, the, the book of James, he says it was a gospel of straw in the 1500s. And that was like, in the 1500s, guys, that was a sick burn. So he was saying, like, this, it doesn't hold up. It's not very strong. It's not good. Because he was, he was dealing with a church and a world at the time that was, that was a Catholic church that was saying, this is all about your works. It's all about what you do. And, and so this seemed to go against what he was seeing in Scripture. So, so here's what I want you to see. It's important that we get this. It's important that we understand how faith and works work and that we, we have them working in our life because it is very easy to fall into some ditches related to these things. Uh, in fact, one of the ditches that we can fall into related to works is that it's all about works. That we come to believe that my, uh, my, me being right with God is based on my performance. That if I can do the right things, that I can tip the scales of the favor of God in my favor. And, and you find a lot of people who don't understand the gospel message of Jesus, this is how they think. You go up to them and you say, you know, do you believe in, in heaven? And, and if so, do you think you're going to go and why? They're, they're going to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not like Hitler. Like I'm doing pretty good and I'm trying to be nice. I can't imagine that, that God would send a person like me to hell. Well, what they're saying is I, I believe that the, the works of my life are, are helping me to win over the favor and the acceptance of God. It's about my works. That's a ditch that people can fall into. The other ditch is that it's not at all about my works. That now, because of Jesus, there's grace, and that because of grace, and listen, there is grace, but a lot of people come to believe because of grace, I don't have to do anything. It doesn't matter how I live. It doesn't matter what I do. I don't really have to submit to the Word of God. I don't have to try not to sin. It, it doesn't matter. My life is my life. I can, you do you, I'll do me, and whatever. It's, it's all grace. And this, this hyper grace is dangerous too, because it, it leads to this passivity and this diminished responsibility where we don't recognize, hey, Yes, we're saved by grace, but God's got a role for us to accomplish in this world. We can't just sit aside and, and do whatever we want and, and hope that the gospel message of Jesus is achieved. No, no, no. There's got to be more. And so it's important that we understand the truth because the truth sets us free. And so I want to give you some truth related to these things. Okay, so i got two truths for you, and then we're going to start unpacking them this morning. Here's the first truth. Truth number one is this. Faith alone saves. Faith alone saves. Here's the second truth. But the faith that saves is never alone. Faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is never alone. So let's start with faith alone saves. You with me this morning, New Song Church? I should be getting more, more, more reaction out of you guys. I'll preach faster if you talk to me, okay? Faith alone saves. This is a major theme of the gospel. This is what the gospel is built on. And, and, and so it's important that we, we understand this because what distinguishes the message of Jesus Christ from every other religion that exists out there and every other false gospel that exists out there is this idea that faith alone saves. You know, the, the greatest question of the human heart is the question, how do I get acceptable to God? And in every other false religion and false gospel, they answer that question with one word, and it's do. You got to do. You got to do this, and you got to do that. And you know, if you do these five things over here, then in this religion you're you're good. And over here, if you do these ten things, 
these ten sacraments over here, then that, that'll make you good. And if you, if you don't, you don't do that. You can't do that. Don't do that. Do this, but don't do that. And don't, don't do this either. So if you do this and you do that and you don't do these things, then maybe at the end of your life you'll find yourself in an acceptable place with God. The gospel message of Jesus Christ is different. It's, it's built on a, on a single word, but that word is not do. That word is done. It's done. The gospel message of Jesus Christ says that Jesus has done what is necessary to make you acceptable to God. That Jesus did the work that you can't make yourself acceptable to God, but because of Jesus, you can be made right with God. It's not about what you do. It's about what Jesus has done, and that's why it's gospel. Because gospel means it's good news. And the good news is Jesus did the hard part. He did the hard part. That's what Jesus said at the cross as he's dying. He says, it is finished. The work necessary to make you acceptable God has already been finished by Jesus Christ. So, so here's what God did. God saw you in your sin, and at your worst, he sent his son Jesus to come to this earth and to die on the cross, to live a life you could have never lived on your own, a perfect life, and then to die and take on the wrath that you deserved and the wages that you deserved. And now, through Jesus Christ, we can receive the righteousness of God. You can be made right by God, and you receive it by faith. That's how you receive it. Jesus has already done the doing. All you have to do is receive it by faith. Ephesians 2 says it like this, verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved. Grace means it's unmerited favor. You don't deserve it. You could never earn it. You, but, but God gives it to you anyways. He, doesn't, he not only doesn't give you what you deserve, He actually gives you something amazing, grace, that you don't deserve. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. Grace makes it available. The grace of Jesus makes it available. Faith is how you attain it. And then He goes on from there. And it says this, and this is not of yourselves. It's not something you did. It's a gift of God. Verse 9, not by works. That word works there means uh, you doing something or something that you have to get done so that no man can boast. Paul says it's by grace. It's attained through faith. And James comes along in this book and he actually is agreeing with that totally. Totally agreeing with that. In fact, he's speaking to an audience. You know, we've talked about the, the group of people he's talking to, a scattered group of people. And this scattered group he's talking to at this time are Jewish people who have converted to Christianity. And so he's reminding them of their heritage. He points them back to the father of the Hebrew people and how he was actually saved by faith. Look at this, verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, and this is a quote from Genesis 15, and Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Abraham believed, that's faith. He believed in who? He believed in God. That's faith. Faith is in God. He believed in God and it was reckoned to him. Reckoned to him means it was provided to his account. He was given something he didn't deserve. It was reckoned to him. What was reckoned to him? Something was given into his account. What was it? Righteousness. Right standing with God. By grace through faith he received right standing with God. This is the gospel message in the Old Testament. And what does he receive? The right, this righteousness, it's, it's the right standing of God himself. And what James is saying here is, guys, it's always been this way. 
It's always been about faith. From, from Genesis to Revelation, it's always been about faith in God. See, sometimes we come to believe that like in the Old Testament, it was about works. Because of the Ten Commandments, it was about works. But here's the problem with that. Nobody could fulfill the Ten Commandments. No one could do it. So what did they have to do? In order to be made right, they had to bring a sacrifice. And so once a year, you would have to bring some kind of animal. And innocent blood would have to be shed. And you'd put this animal on the altar, and you'd sacrifice it. You'd kill it, and its blood would run down. And in that moment, you're believing by faith that the sacrifice that you're laying before the Lord covers your sin and makes you right with God. That's the Old Testament. Somebody say, that's old school. New school is Jesus came. God sent Jesus into this earth. And he came as a spotless, innocent lamb of God and was sacrificed on the cross for our sins. Innocent blood was shed not to cover your sins, but to redeem fallen man, to make your sins as far as the east is from the west. And once you put your faith in God and your faith in the cross of Jesus, you are given the righteousness of God by Christ Jesus. You are made right by God. Your sins are eradicated from your life and you're free. Can I get an amen? None of us could have done that, but Jesus did that for us. And now because of Jesus, when God looks at you, he says, done, done because of Jesus. It's done. Second Corinthians 5 21. God made him who had no sin. Jesus fulfilled the 10 commandments. He's the only one that ever did it. Never sinned, never made a mistake a day in his life to be sin, but he took on Sin. He took on your sin. He was made sin. Took it on to the point that his visage was covered in it. He was marred beyond the, beyond the ability to be seen as a human. That's all the sin and sickness and disease of the world was poured out. The full wrath of God, the full cup of the wrath of God was poured on Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. And now because of what he did, it died on the cross with him. And you can be free. That, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. The righteousness of God. Now just so you know, the way you get your, your, your right standing with God is by faith. And, it, and, and, and you maintain it by faith. Like you don't now that you're saved go, okay, now it's about my deeds keeping me right with God. No, no, because your deeds don't make you any more righteous than God Himself. You know, someday when you've been in heaven for a thousand years and you haven't sinned for a thousand years, God's not going to look at you anymore in that moment and say, well, now you're really righteous. No, no, no. You're going to be just as righteous a thousand years in heaven as you are the moment you make Jesus the Lord of your life because you can't be any more righteous than God himself. Faith alone saves. Somebody say, faith alone alone. saves. Through faith in Jesus, we receive something Incredible. Incredible. And so listen, because we've received something incredible, the faith alone that saves should be followed by something that that, that expresses that to the world. And that's why the faith that saves is never alone. There should be something taking place on the outside that points to the work that God has done on the inside. That's what James is talking about. That's why he says in verse 14, What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Verse 17, Even so, faith, if it has no works, it's dead, being by itself. And verse 26, For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. You know what the, the word works there means? It means visible evidence of an inward saving faith. 
I'm going to say it again. Works are visible evidence of an inward saving faith. So your, your works don't earn you salvation. That's by faith. But your works are evidence to the faith that you have for the world around you. Okay, so to help you understand this, I'm going to give you a little bit of an agricultural quiz, okay? Agriculture quiz. I'm going to put a picture, a few pictures up here on the screen of some trees. And I want you to help me identify what kind of trees these are, okay? So when you see the tree, when you see the tree, I want you to yell out what kind of tree it is. This isn't hard. This isn't rocket science. You people are smart. Look at the person beside you and say, I'm, I'm not smart. I'm, 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 I am smart. <laughs> Some of you, maybe that's what you want to say, and that's fine. All right, so guys, go ahead, throw up the first tree. What is this tree? You guys yell it out, one, two, three. It's an orange tree, right? How do we know that's an orange tree? We know because there's fruit on the outside. There's fruit on the outside that points to what's going on inside. So something displayed... You know what fruit is? Fruit is the work of a tree. There's fruit on the outside that helps us understand the identity of the tree on the inside. Throw up the next one, guys. What kind of tree is this? One, two, three. Banana, Banana tree. How do you know? You guys are so smart. How do you know this? It's not, it's not hard, is it? You know because you can see the fruit on the outside, and the fruit on the outside is evidence to what's going on in the tree. The fruit shows you the identity of the tree. Throw up the next one, guys. What kind of tree is this? This is a, it's a lemon tree. I know the coloring is a little interesting. Plus, the lemons are massive. This is where they get the Sam's lemons, I think. You guys ever seen the Sam's lemons? are like cantaloupe. They're huge. But again, how do you know it's a lemon tree? Because there's fruit on the outside. There's fruit on the inside. That's an evidence to what's going on on the inside. Now, throw up that last tree, guys. What kind of tree is this? It's a it's green. You don't know. You know, don't. You know why you don't know? Because there's no fruit. But I'll tell you what kind of tree it is. That's an apple tree. But, but you don't know because there's no fruit. You guys tracking with me this morning? There, there's evidence on a tree what's going on inside the tree when we see the fruit on the outside of the tree. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 12, 33. A tree is known by its fruit. And good works are, are fruit born and grown of a healthy faith. And what James is kind of getting at here is if there's no fruit, is the faith healthy? If there's no fruit, is the faith alive? Maybe it's dead. Maybe it's a dead faith. And Paul agrees with this. Look back at Ephesians 2. For by grace you've been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. We read all this. Not as a result of our work so that no man can boast. A lot of people stop right there. Look at the next verse. The very next verse. For we are His. Talking about God's workmanship. You're a work of art made by God. Made, created in Christ Jesus. You've been made, remade, remodeled by Jesus Christ. For, say it with me, good works. You've been created for good works, which God has prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. It's by grace that you're, that you're saved. But now that you've received this grace through faith, now there should be something. There should be a work taking place in you. There should be something going on through you. It says this in Titus 3.8. Again, this is Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is a trustworthy saying. 
I don't want to insist that these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. Good should be happening. It should be something we're devoted to. Good works, good fruit should be coming out of our life. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. It is faith alone that saves, but the faith that saves is never alone. It should be evidenced in our life by a work coming out of our life that says, hey, that person, that person is with Jesus. People should be able to look at your life and just like we can look at a tree that has fruit on it and go, "That's that's an orange tree. Somebody should be able to look at your life and go, I'll tell you what that person's about. I'll tell you what they're made up of. I'll tell you who their identity is is in. It's in Jesus. That's a Christian. I, I know it because I see it all over them. I see the fruit. I see the work of their, of their life. So what, is this, what does this look like? What do these works look like? Well, here's what they look like. God's works are the life of Jesus in me being lived through me. See, the moment you make Jesus the Lord of your life, the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus comes to live inside of you. And now there should be an evidence of Jesus living in you, coming out of you. And here's what that looks like. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. Nine. The nine fruits of the Spirit. That's the nine characteristics of the nature of Jesus Christ. That should be on display through your life. Now, here's the thing. This is a work that's taking place in you. See, being saved means that God is now changing me. The, the work that Jesus does is, is this. That salvation is not just a moment. There's actually a movement that takes place. Now, at the moment you receive salvation, a miracle takes place. The Bible says you were dead in your sin. Dead. Turn to the person beside you and say, you was dead. You were dead. You're, you're, you're not just like sick you're dead and jesus gives you a brand new born again spirit you receive that you're born again brand new spirit that's the foundation god lays this new foundation and off of that foundation he wants to start a remodeling project and he wants to start working out your salvation into the rest of you because how many of you know you get saved god gives you a new spirit but doesn't mean everything else changes right away you're still going to have some garbage in your mind, some garbage in your flesh. That stuff got to get worked out of you. You know, when a remodeling project takes place, there's normally some demo. And demo can be a little ugly. You got to bring out the sledgehammer and some stuff has to get trashed and broken and torn down. And that's some of the work that Jesus, God wants to do if you partner with him. We partner with Jesus to do this work, to work this out. Look at this verse, 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Notice the tense there. Yeah. We're being transformed. That God's continuing to transform us into the same image. What is that image? It's the image of Jesus. From glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. So, so get this. The moment of salvation before God, you, you write. You are made right. You have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus on you in that moment. And now God is working out something in you. And, and the something he's working out in you is evidence to the work he's done inside of you. And it's evidence to the world around you. God is working out in my life practically the righteousness that I already have through Jesus positionally. He's working out practically the position I have in Jesus Christ already. He's working that out. So, so our job, 
Here's our job. We partner with the Lord. We partner in the remodeling project. And we submit to the Word. And we submit to the Holy Spirit. And we allow God to do this work. Listen, God is faithful to complete the work, but He can't complete the work if we don't partner with Him. So we've got to partner with Him in this work. Now here's what's interesting about this. In, in one way, um, we're all working towards the same project. We're all trying to build the same image. It's the image of Jesus. But in another way, it's going to look different from person to person because we're, all not, we're not all in the same place. We're, some of us are a little bit further in the project. The way God kind of showed it to me this week is, it's kind of like imagine that the day you get saved, God comes to you and he says, okay, now every day I want you, I'm going to get, here's your canvas. I want you to paint a picture of Jesus. You're going to paint a portrait of Jesus for the world to see every day. And so, you know, you, you don't know, you, you're going to learn what he looks like and you're going to, you're going to practice this every day. So you, you know, if you've never painted before, like you ain't Bob Ross, like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> So you may, you may not know the image of Jesus really well. So you're kind of generally painting and you're not real skilled in how you paint. So how I many you know you get done with your painting on that day one, you're going to be like, how's this? And it's not very good. And you're not going to be that great at this. And the tendency is sometimes I think people who are new look at somebody else who's further down the road and we go, man, my painting looks nothing like theirs. But what you don't know is they've been doing this same project every day for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And in that time, they've learned more about the image that they're supposed to be painting. And they've gained skill in how to do it. And so now their image is looking pretty good. It's not perfect, but it's looking pretty good. So listen, if you're new to this thing, don't, don't look at somebody else's painting and go, man, I'm so, i got so far to go. You do, but by the grace of God, you can get there. And also, if you're a little bit further down the road, don't look at them and say, God, these, I'm, I've really arrived. <laughs> the, point, the point is this. It's process. And we're all in the process. Or the question is, are you in the process? And, and James gives us a way to gauge whether or not we're really in the process, whether or not our faith is living. And here's how he, here's how he gives us a gauge. He says, how do you love people? A way we can know how, how good we're doing with this is how do you love people? Yeah. Look at what he says here. James 2, verse 15. He says, if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food. So this person's desperate. They need help, right? You don't have clothes. You're naked. You're hungry. That's a person in need. And, and one of you says to them, one of you, talking to, talking to believers, Go in peace, be warmed, and be filled. And yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body. James says, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. It's interesting how James puts this. When he says, go in peace, that was actually a, a familiar Jewish term of dismissal. It's kind of like we would say, have a nice day. Or like somebody sneezes and you're like, God bless you. Like you don't, you don't really mean much by that. It's just kind of something you say. And then he says, uh, be warmed and be filled. That was actually a way of saying, hey, uh, hope you get some help with that. But that's not me. Like good luck with that. Somebody else should help you, but that's, that's not me. That's a you problem. So he's saying, if there's somebody that comes to you, you see somebody in need, and you have the means to help them, and you're like, have a nice day. Good luck with that. Not, my, not a me problem. That's a you problem. 
James says, that's useless. John says it like this in 1 John 3, 17. Whoever has the world's goods, you got some goods, you got, God's blessed you, and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against them, how does the love of God abide in him? It's a rhetorical question, but here's what he's really saying. The love of God don't abide in you. So, so here's, what, here's what we see in this, okay? Faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is never alone. Faith alone saves. So you being right with God is based on your faith in Jesus Christ. But then after you've received this incredible gift of the forgiveness of God by grace, there should be some works that evidence your life to what Jesus has done in you. Because see, the works are not about your salvation. Listen, but they may be about somebody else's. Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you is a hope for some people of a greater glory, of a better life, of a hope, of freedom. Christ in you is a hope of glory. It's an old saying, but it really is true. For some people in the world, the only Jesus that they're going to meet is the Jesus that comes through you. So here's what we do. We say, God, you've been so good to me. Man, you've given me something I don't deserve. Because you've given me something I don't deserve, I'm going to give to the world what they don't deserve. And I'm going to allow your work in me to be evidenced through my life. I'm going to love people. I'm going to serve people. I'm going to give of my life whatever it takes because you gave of your life what I needed. I want you to bow your heads. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.